Utah's seniors pull it together for their long-awaited win against Washington. Oregon thumped USC. Those teams look like they're on a collision course for the Pac-12 championship. All that and more on this week's Eligible Receivers. He's Eric. I'm Warren. Let's start that show. Hello, blog fans. Ineligible receiver. Offense number 64. My rule. That penalty is disregarded. This is Eligible Receivers, the show where we review last week's Pac-12 action, pick next week's Pac-12 games against the spread, and keep track of how we're doing on our picks over the course of the season. So let's get it popping. Last week, we'll start off... How about this? In Tucson, Oregon State played Arizona, and... Everybody was like, oh, the Beavs are looking plucky this year. Fine little season they've had. They got their three wins, won a couple conference games. Well, I'll tell you what, they came out here and this offense just blew the doors off Arizona's defense. They won, you know, I mean, it was kind of sort of got close for a second there at the end, at least got within two scores. But at the end of the day, 56-38 winners, big win for the Beavs. Yeah, who'd have thought, huh? The Beavs sitting at 3-2 and two in the conference, uh, comfortably in second place in the Pac-12 North. Um, not what I thought was going to happen when the season started. Yeah. So like, it's funny. This is something I was thinking about because we'll obviously talk about Washington, but it's like, you look at them, you know what I mean? Obviously they have a vastly superior conference record to Washington. You know, they're three and two in the conference. Washington is two and four, but overall they're four and four football team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you what their fans feel, uh, ecstasy, you know? Yeah. (laughs) joy they're having the joy they're having a different kind of season than than UW fans are yeah that's what I was thinking about like who's having the joy and why you know what I mean uh but yeah I mean like their their offense is a thing to behold uh you know just the the stark contrast between Jonathan Smith era UW and post Jonathan Smith UW uh well it turns out that that guy maybe could coach a little bit because I think like part of it was like I'll, I'll be straight up. Like when he left, I was thinking like, well, Chris Peterson does the offense anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not that big a deal, but you know what? Listen, if, if he can get Oregon state turned around to be like, uh, a, you know, like they have an outside shot of bowl eligibility this year, which to me means he's Pac 12 coach of the year from where they've been like without question. I bet okay. he won't be Cristobal, but he should. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not it's not as big a difference. Like Cristobal, the Ducks, to my recollection, are uh, especially senior laden this year, uh, particularly on the at quarterback and on the offensive line. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, and then other big time players were like out, like Troy dies out the door. You know, like I think he's this is his third year, uh, and guys like that. But you know what I mean? Like the Oregon State, they've just been not threatening to be anything, and then all of a sudden, like you better be on alert when the beeves show up, which is like used to be free win. Yeah, no, it's a good game. And then on the flip side of that, you got Arizona kind of in a tailspin right now. A couple weeks back, we were talking about them being one yard away from being undefeated. They were four and one. They are now four and five have lost four in a row. Um, you know, they, their bold chances of bold eligibility are slipping away. Uh, not, not the year Kevin someone was looking for. Yeah, I mean, just uh, kind of more the the enigmatic uh, Khalil Tate situation over there. Uh, Another, let's go to another team feeling the joy. UCLA at home against Colorado in a game between two kind of like you know bottom, 
<coughs> excuse me, bottom tier-ish Pac-12 teams. UCLA rides a big first, first quarter and maintains that advantage the rest of the game. 17 points in the first, they win by 17. 31-14 winners. Yeah, I mean, Chip's turning around, you know. I mean, again, I think they started out the year, everyone was kind of was you know, curious to see what happened. They kind of looked like a laughing stock the first couple of games. Until the second half of the Coug game. Coug's jump-started the Chip Kelly era down in uh, down in Westwood, man. You, they're going to got to tip your cap to Mike Leach and his former defensive coordinator, Tracy Clays, for getting Chip Kelly right. Like, for real, if you're a skill position player in Los Angeles right now, uh, all of a sudden, it's I, to me, it's UCLA at this point presents the more favorable option. Well, yeah, I mean, that, but that's not saying much. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> but you know, but like considering where they've been, you know, and how bad they were last year, uh, t- uh t- tremendously impressive again by them. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we'll talk about maybe these teams in the second half, what they're looking at in terms of how feasible bowl eligibility is, but yeah, UCLA is four and two in the conference. You know what I mean? They're, they're like, they're having a little year. They're enjoying themselves. They're very much enjoying themselves. Uh, next up, we were in the Coliseum on Saturday night, Oregon and USC, astute PAC 12 observers such as yourself and me and dirty worm. I thought. Oh, no way. It's over. This Oregon, they're, you know, they're fine, but they're not that great. They're going to drop one. Not the case. That They ended up steamrolling USC. Made them look just bad, man. Uh, another uh, uh, shovel full of dirt on to Clay Helton's tombstone. His grave, I guess, rather. Uh, but yeah, Oregon 56-24 winners. Yeah, I mean, they beat the living shit out of USC. Um, in just about yeah. every way that you can. And Clay Helton just walked across the field and shook Cristobal's hand. Like I can't, I can't even imagine that, dude. I would just been like, why? Like have some pride, dude. Just go in the locker room and be like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not putting up with that. But that's Helton, I guess. He just kind of takes it and is like, okay, this is how it. That's what happened. Well, I'm proud of the fight. Yeah, like that type of shit. I don't know, man. I just like, we got to get this cleaned up. <laughs> Dude, Oregon clowned those guys in the second half. They were all over the field. They were mocking USC. They were having a party on USC's field, kicking the shit out of them. And at the end of the game, Helton didn't have anything to say about it. Like, dude, yeah, dude deserves it. Like, and I, I think this was said on Twitter. It might have been said by you, but I mean, like, Urban Meyer out there to do the Fox Sports college football stuff in LA. Like, he's got to be looking at this USC team and thinking. This is the goddamn easiest program to turn around that has ever existed. They're, they have been beaten down. This is the easiest place to recruit to uh, that I that I would have ever coached at. You know, easier than Florida because there's nobody else here. It's it's arguably as good a recruiting hotbed, you know, as Florida. But there's no Florida State. There's no Miami. There's no SEC schools coming in. And obviously they all go there. You know what I mean? But USC is the team in LA. Yeah. And the, whoever's the coach there on day one next year is going to be able to just set a tone, you know, in the spring that yeah. is going to, I mean, I would just set a hard edge if I was going in there and urban Meyer, I think is the guy who can set the hardest edge of anybody and, and should set that edge because I mean, if I was him on day one, I'd get the team around and I'd be like, okay, anybody who's a pussy get out. And I'd wait. And of course, nobody would move. And I'd be like, no, no, no. 
I watched the tape last year. This room is full of guys who should be getting up and leaving right now. So go ahead. I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. I haven't seen you guys with your helmet off, so I'm not sure which one. You know who is who. But go ahead and hop out. And then you know nobody gets up and leaves, and I'd be like, "All right, that's not what I saw last year. Why don't we? Why don't we see what? Why don't we see what this spring looks like? Because my if my eyes deceive me, I saw a team that was soft, and and I think from that point forward, it would just. I mean, you would see a USC team coming out next year that is not going to tolerate what just happened in the Coliseum on Saturday. Yeah, I mean you gotta let you gotta let these kids feel themselves, man. Like they they gotta be free to go out there and express themselves and have a lot of fun out there, and that's the only way you're gonna get optimum performance. Something that just crossed my mind regarding USC. Remember when they fired Lane Kiffin on the tarmac? Yeah, right. I do remember. That. And then they and then they uh, and then before uh, they uh, you know, decided to hire Sark away from Washington. And we're all have been like, ha ha ha, they should have hired Chris Peterson. Uh, they also like, you know, essentially forced out their interim coach, uh, Ed Orgeron, coach of your undefeated second ranked Louisiana state Tigers. Yeah. He was like eight and two against top 10 teams since he took over at LSU or something like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, he was, so, uh, he was the coach there and wanted to be the coach after yeah. Kiffin left. And you were like, no, 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 no. We got to go hire Helton. Yeah, we need we need only people that have like hung out with Pete Carroll before. I mean, what what a joke. You know what I mean? That's like like if you're the problem is is that that it's like you have to imagine it's the boosters of this team that are forcing this. You know what I mean? That are like we want a guy who's going to come in and get you know, uh, allow us to have our, what we expect in terms of Pete Carroll type access to the program and stuff like that. And like, you know, th- their success was recent enough that like, they're like, well, Orgeron's not one of our guys. We don't want to learn how to operate under this new thing. And, you know, to be fair, he was relatively unproven at the time, but like, you know, in I retrospect, mean, not any more unproven than Helton was. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, by any measure, he was a better head coach and had a better head coaching resume than Helton did. Well, how Sark had a better head coaching resume than Helton, you know? I mean, like they're like I yeah. I mean, we we said it once said it a million times. What in the God's green earth are they doing hiring that guy? Like what are they doing? Like it, yeah, I mean, like you have to be thinking we're so good, it essentially doesn't matter who's the coach of our team. Yeah, we literally don't need a coach. Mm-hmm. They do. They well, do need a coach cuz I watched a game on Saturday where Oregon absolutely clowned them. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't like, if you're USC, you just can't be getting out physical by anybody in the conference. And if, if that's happening at all, it's just a major problem. Uh, also big problem. Utah comes into Washington, the Utah seniors, they've just been so close yet so far against Washington throughout their careers. But this time they jump up and get them, uh, 33 to 28 Washington loses yet another one score game at home in conference. Washington falls to five and four, five and four, two and four in the conference. Uh, good win for the Utes. Good win for Tyler Huntley. Yeah. Washington's not very good, man. Like, yeah, like they, they are soft. They saw, Oh, Charmin soft. I mean, in all three of their games in Husky Stadium that they've lost this year, they've taken the lead into the fourth quarter and have just absolutely looked pathetic uh, trying to close out the game in terms not only defensively playing the sort of prevent defense that they don't have the guys to play right now, 
Um, but then on offense, just, just terrible, like play calling execution. You know, I, I remember I was texting you or someone I'm saying, basically like, I don't know that Chris Peterson can look in the mirror and say that he's ever like done a worse job in a season than this year. They, they don't have good coaching, particularly in the offensive side of the ball. They, yep. they, when they do make good calls, like on the fourth down play that, you know, Easton lobbed it over the top to Devin Culp. Like he just dropped it. So they can't yeah. execute. And then they forgot as a coaching staff to recruit an entire position group at linebacker. Yep. So it's like coaching, execution, and recruiting. We're not easiest leaving. position group to recruit. Too. We're not we're not really leaving much much out there that you kind of dropped the ball on this year. That just man, this is this has been a rough rough come down from the last couple of years of, of winning for, for UW. Yeah. I mean the, the, what, so I was uh, infuriated by this game. It was pretty similar to my Oregon experience where I like missed like two thirds of the, the first two thirds of the game. Cause I was coaching my kid's soccer team. Uh, and then I get home. I think I was listening to the radio on the way home when Easton threw his pick six. And I was like, well, we're still ahead. I don't know. It's Utah. I always feel fine about us against Utah. Cause we don't really care about them, you know? So, like, it's not the same sort of mental uh, uh, prison that uh, Oregon puts us in when we play. So, I was like, well, I still feel decent about it. But, yeah, I mean, just collapsed down the stretch. The execution was god-awful. The guys on the – like, you're just looking – like, who's – what I was thinking about when I'm watching this game is in pure terms of like, who, who does Washington have on the field that is a bad motherfucker? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like who's like who in that locker room is going to step up and be like, I'm not having this, you know, and like rally people around. And instead I'm seeing clips on Twitter when Washington is trying to drive to make it a one score game in the fourth quarter, you know, or even before that, when they, they had a chance to like kind of retake the lead. And, uh, it's like, Clips like Aaron Fuller and Andre Bocelli uh, smiling, you know, in the huddle, you know, like not a care in the world. And uh, it made me think of like uh, that Eddie Murphy old bit about underwear models. Okay. It was like, it was like, what are you so happy about? You, you ain't got no bulge, (laughs) (laughs) you know? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) It's like, what the fuck, man? Like, I mean, it's just, you know, and obviously, yeah, you know, I, I get it, right? These kids don't owe me a goddamn thing. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and, uh, and, uh, but I'll tell you what, I want them to win the game. I can't, this is something that I choose to care about in my life. And, uh, for the lack of production that these guys have had, the fact that they're in a game against a top 10 ranked team with a chance to win, and they, they're not just like looking like I'm, I'm trying my best to win. Yeah. Like it's just to me is galling, and that's that's an own on me for caring. But still, yeah, I don't know. I like the one thing I saw uh, early this week, I guess, on Peterson's coach's show, and I I didn't listen to how he said it, so it very well could have just been coach speak, absolute fucking nothing. But um, he was uh, saying that you know he, he at least acknowledged that uh, in addition to execution, that confidence and belief were a big part of Washington's inability to close out these games in the fourth quarter. Now, I don't know uh, if he has what it takes to change that, you know? Yeah. Uh, Because 
uh, I, I'm, you know, I like to think that he does because he still has, uh, an, an incredible pedigree and there's no question that we got miles better the second he showed up on campus. Uh, but, and, and also I'm thinking back to like when he first got here, when like, uh, what, what I was trying to imagine in my head is like, how is this guy just like chewing ass, you know, like when shit's not going right. Yeah. By the scene. And I, th- I know to some extent he has that in him and I'm, I'm inferring that from, uh, what that Corey Littleton thing where he was trying to like, de, you know, explain his way, why he got a penalty called on him on the field. And Peterson just turned around and looked at him and Corey Littleton just like melted, yeah, you know, on the sideline. So I was like, well, to some extent he's got their respect, you know, cause Sark would just like have moved on. You know what I mean? He's like, Oh, they're not receiving the coaching. I guess I got to try and find somebody who will. But he was just like, you motherfucker, don't you dare say another word. And Corey Littleton reacted as if, yeah, there will be consequences if I will continue. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, some failures in recruiting. Obviously, tough year. Tough year. What can you do? I mean, and then I've been talking about Sark a lot because when I was watching the game, I just got to think, I was like, oh, this is just like watching a Sark Husky team. Like, you don't. I mean, it's not as volatile, you know what I mean? Because for all of their losses, except to Stanford inexplicably, they're in every one of those games, you know? Yeah. Like with a chance, with a chance to win in the, in a, in a, if they, you know, had any, if they weren't just sitting here, what I, another thing I talk about all the time is that we always look like in close games, we're asking for the other team to give us permission to win it. Uh, but like, you know, just a normal team wins some of those games. Yeah. I mean, Look, you you kind of touched on it when you said, you know, it's hard to criticize Peterson because we unquestionably got better the moment he stepped on campus. And I think there's a, a really solid argument for that, right? Like, you he immediately raised the level of of play in terms of you know we it took him a year or two, he got his quarterback, and then you know boom he rolled he, you know back to back to back New Year's six games. Um, two conference championships in that time and, you know, 10 win seasons. So, you you know, he, he the Cougs can't get within a mile of him. So he's winning yeah. the Apple Cup every year. And so you, you have this pretty impressive sort of resume that you can put out for him. But I think what this season is, has done, to me at least, is for the first time since he stepped on campus, is kind of examining the other side of that coin because of the way that they've lost, because of the, the shortcomings in recruiting, and coaching now where it's like, well, wait a minute. Okay. I'll give him credit for stepping up and winning the conference two of the last three years and making three new year's six bowl games. But first of all, USC and Oregon were dumpster fires for most of that time. So he took advantage of the conference when it was down. Okay, good. That's good that you did that. But also we must acknowledge that with those two schools, you know, cranking, um, there's no guarantee the outcome will be the same. In the bowl games, every time we've gotten to them, we've gotten outclassed by yep. elite opponents, have not won a single one of those New Year's Six bowl games. I've been at all three of those bowl games, spent a lot of money at those bowl games, have not yet seen a victory of any of those bowls. Um, and so you've got that aspect of it. And now coming into year six, you've got him talking about lacking confidence and belief. And it's like, again, wait, wait a minute. We're we're past that. You know what I mean? Like we're – you your culture is here it's instilled yeah yeah even if your freshmen are not sure what's going on you you're you should have 25 seniors and 25 juniors on this roster who are like 
no, 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 we're not going to lose this game. This isn't how we, you know, even the guys who are not playing full time or, you know, are starters but aren't, you know, aren't the go-tos should have the culture of we're not actually going to lose this game and not have to sit back and say, well, some of the younger guys we're playing don't know what it means to win. Like they don't need to know what it means to win. All the other guys on the team know what it means to win and they should be able to follow their lead. Yeah, they've spent how many hundreds of hours immersed in Washington's culture? Like they're not, they've, uh, you know, and, I, you know, you know, old players come back and talk to them and, you know, these com- players communicate on social media and stuff like that. And so like, yeah, I, to me, it's a, I, I agree with you. I think we have a cultural problem right now. Uh, and the problem is that they're soft and I'm, I'm not sure that there's an easy fix to it. Uh, what I would like to say is that, you know, it's getting to the point. This season has gone bad enough that I would expect to see uh, a move being made. Oh, I think. Uh, in, in terms of coaching staff. I think heads are going to roll this offseason. And I think Peterson's going to have to answer some chippy questions. I, I recall when Jen Cohen, in Romar's final season at U- University of Washington, after the season, she put she scheduled a meeting with him. And the purpose of the meeting was for him to explain to her how he was going to turn the program around after, you know, six, seven, eight, I don't know, a lot of years of tons of NBA talent and nothing to show for it. And, and the rumor at least is, and I don't know the truth of this, but it's what is floating around is that he effectively showed up with a coffee and sat in a chair and said, we're going to keep doing what we do. And she said, uh, you're fired. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's not actually going to work because what you're doing isn't working and you're not you're not willing to examine your program. You're not willing to you're not doing the you know, you're not you're not there's no introspection. Uh, and at this point, Peterson's got to have that because, you know, there's there's no excuse in his sixth year for this. You know, like that he's got a top 10 NFL draft pick at quarterback. He's got a, a freaking awesome offensive line. He's got three or four pretty solid running backs. Um, this offense has no excuse whatsoever not to be good. And on defense, they may be young, but you still got Coach K, you still got Coach Lake, and probably seven of the dudes that play on defense are going to, you know, play in the NFL someday. So, you know, figure it out. Yeah, I agree with that. And then another thing is that uh, Jen Cohen could say, listen, uh, you've been coming to me every year, and I've been giving it up in terms of staff salary raises every year. Okay. The flip side of that is that when they're not performing, I'm happy to fund a new acquisition here, but if this, this ain't it. And so I expect there to be a reason, you know what I mean? I expect you to tell me why this is happening. Uh, and it's not in, in before you get started, the answer, uh, we were young on defense, uh, is not acceptable. Well, I'd say, and listen, before we get started, we're going to have this meeting, this meeting next week, and it's going to be a PowerPoint. Like, we're not. I'm not asking you to sit across the table from me and talk to me about it. Like, I want to see yeah. you explain to me what it is that's going to change. We'll see. I don't know, man. It's interesting. interesting. That's kind of that's kind of a weird point that you bring up uh, that that I hadn't thought about, but I think you're right. Is that like that's maybe a potential ace in the hole for Washington? Is that as uh, one? I think I do. I still think I maintain that Chris Peterson is a sociopath because of the rate that he won at Boise state, you know? So like, and I, and I think unfortunately, uh, or you're for better or worse, let's say that's like the trait that you need to succeed at college football. You need to be like somewhat of a lunatic. Uh, but also 
I agree. I think Jen Cohen uh, is a killer herself. Well, she needs to be. At first, yeah. and, second, and let's revisit that Boise State. I don't think that Brian Harson's win percentage is that much less than Peterson's was, nor do I think that Peterson's is that much higher than uh, like Cutter or um, was it Dan Hawkins. Um, oh, it was significantly higher than those guys. I, I mean, he, won, he, he played 110 games and he didn't lose 10. Well, all right. Oh, let's look at that. But I mean, the, Boise State is still winning eight, nine games a year. And yeah. Peterson won the Fiesta Bowl. I mean, and that's what he did. And he went in to Atlanta and beat Jordan. A couple of times. And so he he has these huge scalps that he took when he was at Boise State. He hasn't taken a single scalp at Washington that even approaches Oklahoma or Georgia. Um, and What do you mean by the scout? He took – when he was at Boise, I mean, what he really did was he beat – he beat Adrian Peterson in the, in the yeah 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 oh scalp excuse me okay. yeah scalp right. he took huge scalps I mean and he yeah he has not gotten any anybody at UW has he played a game against a team that's you know vastly superior in talent that he has come out on the winning end on UW has gotten handled in all those games so I mean I you have to you know you have to hope that Peterson is looking at this season and as is just as surprised as we are that this is happening. And that it leads him to some significant introspection and changes in the offseason. Because I agree, he's a sociopath. He's, he isn't going to let this sit. And if he does, then I think, you know, next year is going to be the same and then he's going to be done. Because he's you can't catch the edge back once you lose it. Yeah. And so uh, Harson is 59 and 16 at Boise State. So awesome, but also not what Chris Peterson was doing. Yeah. Not at that level. All right. All right. So how are we doing picks last week? We did bad. Um I won the week at two and two. My Oregon State over Arizona uh, pick carried the day. Uh, we all got UCLA. Uh, you and Worm were one and three. UCLA being your your lone wins. So for the year, you are out in front at thirty nine and thirty. I am now two games back at thirty seven and thirty two, and Worm is a ways back at thirty one and thirty eight. Abysmal, dude. This guy had his first kid, and he's a, he's an absolute wreck. Just fell off the face of the earth. <laughs> yeah, it's just terrible, dude. Yeah. Like, come on, you like it's not that hard. You talk dude. about you talk about someone who needs to get a PowerPoint out and explain what. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know he'll do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he's good. He's good for it. But next year in Vegas, worm, we we want to understand a little bit more about what's going on here. What happened with these picks this year? Yeah. Uh oh yeah. So the other thing I wanted to say about Saturday, right? So I I'll tell you what, I got over this, you know, since then, which I'm like very happy with myself about is that like I've you know, I've gotten to an it is what it is place with Washington Husky football this year. But on Saturday night when that game was finishing up, I was more hot than after the Oregon game. Oh yeah. Oh, I was because like at least they like looked like they were you know they were they were driving with a chance for it at the end of that Oregon game you know and uh they were just so feeble feeble in the finish against Utah that I was and this accumulation of all the losses I was so goddamn mad that I went and I got I was like I I don't know what the fuck is going on I went and rode the Peloton right okay uh uh, got a got a PR because I was just riding mad, and then I'm like feeling faint, and then I end up, uh, you know, like 
deciding to go to bed early, you know what I mean? Which is not a normal condition for me yeah. in full clothes, you know, like, I, you know, like I took a shower, but I was like wearing sweatshirt to bed and stuff like that. Cause it turned out I ended up having strep throat. <laughs> so I spent all of Sunday, like essentially asleep, except for when I went to the urgent care to get some like amoxicillin or whatever, yeah. um, uh, to clear that up. And then that really, uh, so I, I'm, I'm wondering if that, that fact that I was coming down with an illness, like contributed to my extremely foul mood on Saturday. And then once I got past that, I'm like, Hey, you know what, man, what the fuck are you going to do? Yeah. I, I actually had to leave that game with about eight minutes left to go in the fourth quarter to go to SeaTac to pick up my wife and kid who were flying back in from Texas. And Oh no! I'm so happy to see you. It, well, hey, you know what? It was very cathartic to be like, I know what's going to happen here. We're going to lose, and I got to like huff out, you know, and walk away as I could just hear the groans. And like, I got to the car and turned it on the radio and heard, you know, dude, Damon Hewitt trying his best, like through gritted teeth, to be like, well, you know, this isn't great, you know. And I was like, oh, I, I was like, I was like oddly justified in my. You know, like, well, I had to leave, so it's fine. It helped me immensely. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I was in a bad place. I was, like, <laughs> a, a, a couple ticks away from being, like, I need to directly contact some of these kids on social media. <laughs> no. <laughs> which is, like, such a, which is so terrible. You never, you know, that's never a place you can be. <laughs> it's never the play. All right. No. Uh, next week's game. New weeks, new opportunity. Let's have let's have a winning week picking games here. For once. All right. Okay. So we got. Kicker off. Let's do Saturday. We'll do Washington last, even though Washington plays on Friday. Start off on Saturday at noon. Stanford in Colorado. The Cardinal. Three-point favorites on the road. We got KJ Costello back, right? Yeah. We got a Colorado team that uh, may be in the fold here. They're, but, you know, they beat Nebraska at home, but it feels like a lifetime ago, honestly. This, this is an honest, a kind of tough game to pick. I'm going to take... Stanford. Yeah, I'm taking Stanford as well. Colorado is just so bad, man. I, I and I don't understand it because Montez is there; he's a senior. Lavisca Chenault's a great player. It seems like I don't know. Maybe it's just the first year of the new coach, and they haven't quite got their bearings. But man, they're just not very good. So I'm I'm on the Stanford wagon for this one, and think they're gonna they're gonna beat them. Here's an interesting game. USC at Arizona State. ASU one and a half point favorites at home. Okay. Uh, we're playing this game. High noon. Summer weather. Summer. I mean, not summer for Tempe, but, you know, 86 degrees. Nice and hot. Uh, USC team that has been so up and down, right? They get up to play Notre Dame. Uh, they gave, well, I don't know. Washington sucks, but they lost to Washington pretty handily. So I guess that's bad. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. You know, like sometimes they look like they're going to be all right. They beat Utah, you know, which is their big win on the year, but, and then an ASU team that is underwhelming. It's a tough game to pick, man. I, I don't feel like USC is a team that's like super susceptible to big swings, you know, because they've known that Clay Hilton's going to get fired. I mean, pretty much from day one. Yeah. And everybody there says they like him and they play hard for him. So yeah. it doesn't seem to me like that's too much of an issue. And then plus too, you've got to figure that you're playing for the new coach anyways. Like you're, you're, you want to be the guy on tape that looks like he cares. Um, 
I, I'm I'm leaning USC on this one. I'm I'm going to take them to go in there. ASU's got the freshman quarterback, and you know they're they're a good. They've had like a decent season, but um, I'm going to take the Trojans. I think that's probably a good pick. I think we're going to be the same on the next one. So I'll take the other side of that one. It was uh, not so many years ago when Lane Kiffin was fired on the tarmac coming back from this game. And I say history repeats itself. (laughs) Arizona State wins. Clay Helton gets his shit canned. uh, And that's so that's kind of a little double prediction. Uh, I say this is the Clay Helton gets fired game. We can lie about it no more. Yeah. Uh, UFC man, those unbelievable that 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 program can't get its act together. I, I honestly God, like I've never written like a just sort of like an anonymous, not anonymous is the right term, but like just like a, a a cold call down to their athlete, like down to their president's office would be kind. Of, I feel like it's kind of in order to just kind of introduce myself, give them a little background, and and they're gonna be like, well, wait, well, like what are your qualifications here to be the athletic director i'm like oh no 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 of course not um i have none but that that is irrelevant based on how you guys hire here's yeah here's my qualification is that i fully recognize what this university ought to be from an athletics perspective and i'm going to hire coaches based on that so that's my qualification is that you're not gonna i'm not gonna bullshit this process um i'm just gonna hire the best coaches because that's uh, the obvious thing to do when you're in a school that can just do that. I wouldn't just going to do it. And, you know, probably it's not going to work, but I'm thinking I'm going to try it at some point. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be like straight up. I hate you. I hope you continue to be terrible, but if you're willing to pay me, yeah. there's an easy path for you back to success at football, which is going to fund everything for you. Yeah. So uh, I know it. You guys don't seem to know it somehow. Yeah. There's a, it's a pretty, it seems like a pretty formulaic scenario to me, but I, it hasn't it has escaped you for some time. Let me let me just show you what it is for a couple of years, and then I'll leave. You know, I'll, I'll go be an AD somewhere else. Probably. Yeah, I'll go back. I'll go live my fucking best life at Northern Illinois. Yeah. You piece of shit. Yeah. I never even wanted to be here. I'm going to DeKalb. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> oh, be so I'll go to a school with some problems. I want to test myself. Yeah, because this shit would be easy. Yeah. Uh, next up, Washington State at California. Oh, what once was for the Bears. Washington State, seven and a half point road favorites against California. Two schools who are four and four on the year. Two schools that are one and four in the Pac-12 North. Who will get to two and four? I think it's the Cougs. I do too. That's why I went opposite of USC. I was like, we're both riding this Coug train. No question. Yeah. No question. Yeah. What I mean, like, what are you talking about? Cal can't hang with them. Yeah, Cal's not. <laughs> Cal's no good. And Cal, and this is like the the the, the maybe the difference between a Kwiatkowski and Jimmy Lake defense and a Justin Wilcox defense because the Justin Wilcox defense uh, when he was at Washington was fantastic at stopping conventional offenses, and uh, this is not a conventional offense they're going to face. So all their strengths uh, are going to be neutralized by what WSU is doing. They, I mean, they have an excellent secondary, but Washington State is just so prolific in what they do. Uh, and frankly, you know, with the way Cal's offense is, it's like 20, you know, one points puts them in a rough position trying to win the game. 
Yeah. I mean, in, the, in this four-game losing streak, they've scored 17 points, 7 points, 17 points, and a big zero. It's not good. It's not good. So, anyway. Yeah, so coog, coog me up. And that brings us to Friday night in Corvallis. The Washington Huskies are 10-point road favorites away from the home and the pressure of having to perform in front against uh, in front of uh, fans, against fans who expect them to live up to their expectations. Uh, this has been a destination in recent years where Washington has gotten very right. <laughs> and so, I, I mean, I truly expect the same. I think they're going to thump the fuck out of the Beavers. I kind of want to go to this game. Yeah, just to like have, feel the good feeling. Uh, well, so I've been to Corvallis twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, once Jake Locker left the game in ambulance. Oh, that sucked. I remember that. We yeah, somebody that. was like yelling at him. Yeah, we lost that game. And then the second game was the famed Nick Montana. <laughs> oh, we lost that one too. We lost that game too. Uh, so. So you're looking for a win at Rooster? I just want to win a damn game down there, man. Like I. And, and and sort of like on the, you know, like subtly, maybe if it's just going to go bad, like this could just, just could be like the cherry on the top, right? Like, like I'll leave, let's say I leave work at noon on Friday, you know? Yeah. And I'll just get to sit in the slop and the shit of I-5 South for oh, six, brutal. six to, you know, six hours just to get down there in time to grab a terrible and terrible. get into the game. And then just watch them drop fifty, you know, on on our terrible defense, and then lose. Yeah. And then I'll stay maybe somewhere in Salem, you know, coming back, and then yeah. have like a five hour drive coming home. Like I think that could really just just really. They got a well. I guess when I this is nine years ago, but when I was looking at law schools, they had a Pietro's Pizza down there, which was a good pizza place we used to have up here growing up. Yeah, I mean, just really, just like embrace the misery. It's like that opportunity is there for this Friday game, but I'm probably not going to do that, but I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, if I felt like I could get away with it, I'd do it too, but uh, I'm going to be, I mean, I'm excited. I'm going to be able to actually watch this one front to back. Cause I'll, I'll tell you what, you know, I'll say this to the schedule makers this year. You got me. Okay. I've been talking a lot of shit about how much I hate these late night starts. And then all of a sudden I'm missing every game. Cause of my kid's soccer team. <laughs> Yeah. You got me. Saturday. <laughs> you got me. I was talking a lot of shit. You called my bluff. All right. Yeah. Well played. Turns out that's a great time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, son of a. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know, man. I mean, I mean, we're due for one. That's for damn sure. Uh, yeah. And if we don't come off the bus in a very foul mood, then you're. I mean, then you're right. We got a big culture problem. Yeah, I mean, well, we unquestionably have a culture problem. Washington has to be saying their absolute limit is when I mean, the chumps they're playing the rest of the way at Oregon State, at Colorado, home for an Apple Cup, which they always get up for, and then a bowl game against Buttfuck State. You know, like this, we uh, the floor is for extremely convincing wins. Yeah, nine and four. That's and us being furious with that result. Yeah, I will. I'll be pissed, dude. Sark never got anywhere near that. Never sniffed that. Yeah. I'd still fucking be mad as fuck. <laughs> anyway, so, fuck this team. Oh, you know? yeah. Piece of shit team. All right. Uh, that is for this week's episode of Eligible Receivers. For Eric, I'm Warren. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. If you'd like to sponsor the show, 